0: You're listening to the Casual Swinger Podcast. As your hosts, we need to warn you that the material you're about to hear may be sexual or explicit in nature. This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Now, we don't expect you to act like adults. What's the fun in that?
1: We're a married couple living in Florida with over 13 years of experience in the lifestyle, and we take almost nothing seriously. Casual Swinger is a variety show, meaning we'll cover everything from music to events, travel, and even the occasional hilarious screw-up. Our show is about entertainment. We're not licensed professionals. Had anything, and our stories, commentary, and guidance should not be confused with the opinions of a licensed
0: professional. Now that you know, let's take those pants off and get comfy. Welcome back to another episode of Casual Swinger. I'm your co-host Mallory. And I am Mickey. And we have a wonderful show for you guys today.
1: Yeah, welcome to the Snip.
0: Yeah. When when you say snip, what do you mean by that? Is that like vasectomy?
1: Oh yeah, that's the clip, the like snip, a, the the old like, hmm. yeah, you, the twig and berries. You like how
0: I asked you like I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> like like I wasn't know. there for the conversation.
1: You've been riding me for 14 years. There's no <laughs> bullets in this gun. I can point it at anybody. They don't care.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So okay. we have um an interview for our guests today with Dr. Ashley Winter and her husband Mo Mandel.
1: Yeah, which is really exciting because they have an awesome podcast called The Full Release. And when I was looking for a urologist to join us on the show to talk a little bit about vasectomy and if there were any side effects or downsides for anyone that's considering it, whether they're considering it just for their monogamous relationship or they're considering it for their non-monogamous relationships, does it affect the way you have sex? Does it affect how your dick works? And sure. I know that you're a dick expert. i But you're seen not a few. broken dick expert. So no. we needed to find one.
0: And I did stay in a Holiday Inn Express once.
1: You saw a lot of dick this weekend, but that is an entirely <gasps> different situation. That's also
0: why I'm really tired and this is our fourth take.
1: Yeah, this is. We have done this like four fucking so times tonight. I'm sorry.
0: I, it reminds me of being a teenager and like staying up all night and you just get slap happy and I just giggle at nothing. There was really nothing going on that was like that funny. But before this like weekend, my face hurts.
1: I don't remember the last time we stayed up till 4 a.m. Two nights in a row.
0: No, I didn't know my body could still do that.
1: Well, did you see the Red Bull cans in the trash
0: can? <laughs> oh, in the counter? Yeah, yeah.
1: There was a lot of them. Yeah. But anyway, so So let's talk about a couple of housekeeping items before we get on with the show. How about the casual toys giveaway we've been talking about for a couple of months now with Double Date Nation? Woohoo! So everybody that bought a lifetime membership to Double Date Nation in the last eh, month or so, month and a half or so, Is eligible to win a Womanizer Premium from CasualToys.com. Yeah. That winner is going to be selected in a video from Double Date Nation any day now. Yeah,
0: so keep your eyes and ears out on social media for their announcement.
1: Yeah, so the time has passed. October, September 30th was it. So as of October 1st, they're going to pull that. I haven't talked to Dave yet to find out who our winner is, but we're going to find out very, very soon. I
0: think it's super secret.
1: Ooh, secret squirrel. Mm -hmm. Squirrels are like tree rodents. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about squirrels.
0: I don't know either, but thank you. They have secrets. Yes, I fought one. I had the anniversary of me fighting off a squirrel. On my, well, that was on yesterday, my side, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. I don't know why you fight squirrels. No, fight you I can tried win. to fight
0: me. I, oh. It broke into our house, and I tried to get it out, and it had attacked me like three times, so I had to barricade myself in the dining room until someone came and rescued me.
1: Well, now you know it. You heard it here first, folks. Mallory is even attractive to squirrels. <laughs> So anyway, November <laughs> is just a month away. The rascal trip coming up is in almost no time. It's in four weeks. Oh and that's sold out.
0: That yeah. is. I'm like I'm getting my clothes laid out. Like it's almost packing season. There was a so lot excited. of slut wear this weekend. Yeah, we got a fashion show, but I'm not trying to brag. Oh, that was fucking awesome. You had
1: out all the Hedo outfits. And then, of course, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. We had some visitors this weekend. So there was a Hedo fashion show. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we've got all these new toys and all these new casual swinger and casual toy gifts coming for this trip. Oh, my
0: gosh. Yeah, it's been a packed week.
1: It really has been a lot going on. But if you're still interested in joining us at Hedonism 2, not this year. You're out of time this year. But February 2021, we're going to be back at Hedonism 2 on February 20th through the 27th with rachel's rascals if you're interested in joining us make sure to check out www.rachelsrascals.com that's r-a-c-h-a-l-s for rates and information or you can go to our website casualswinger.com slash travel with us that's dashes between that travel dash with dash us and you will find that information
0: dash come celebrate our anniversary because february is our anniversary that month is our anniversary
1: mm-hmm. month you it's- know what else was our anniversary what? September was our two year podcast anniversary and it went with no fanfare. We didn't say a word about it.
0: Oh, yeah. Hooray for us. Yay, we're still here.
1: <laughs> and you're still here, both of you. I am. Let's really get excited cake. to have you. I'm so, still hungry.
0: How could you be hungry? <laughs> I don't know.
1: We ate like pigs this weekend.
0: I don't know. Sleep deprivation makes me hungry.
1: Okay, maybe. So we had a hell of a weekend. We had a couple of visitors come in.
0: We did. I believe um our listeners. We'll get to know these guys here shortly, they Derek will. and Jess.
1: Derek and Jess actually joined us for an episode last February. Mm-hmm. So they joined us on a Rascals trip. They were listeners, came with us to Hedonism in February. And uh, we really thought they were so great and lived up Hedo so well for their first trip that we wanted to do an episode with them. But by the time we went to release the episode, COVID had happened. Yeah. And, you know, people were getting sick, people were dying, people were scared, and it just didn't seem like a good time to release it. Agreed. So, yeah. we're going to release that episode while we're at Hito in November, so you'll get to know Derek and Jess. But Not we, like we
0: did, but <laughs> I'm not sure. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. no. My, I'm kidding. Not
1: like you did. <laughs> so, I, I'm going to tell you guys right now Mallory's got a crush. Shh,
0: crushes. Oh, yeah. Can you, is crush singular or plural or both? If I have more on both than both of one crush, how can. do I say that?
1: It was it was pretty hot. I'm not going to lie.
0: You're not going to answer my question. I'm stunk on the grammar.
1: <laughs> it really doesn't matter. You had a crush on both of them. It was, okay. it was a pair of crushes.
0: Are
1: you getting mad at me? A cornucopia of crushes. A plethora. You, get,
0: you sound like you're a little annoyed and it's just going to make me laugh more.
1: So many crushes. <laughs> but, you know, it was really, really cool. Uh, you know, it's been such a, a shutdown and we haven't had a lot going on. And to find out that some friends were going to be in the area, yeah. and they came to visit us, and we got to hang out with them, and they are beautiful people. And what I mean by that is they're just amazing. They're kind, funny, smart, sexy as shit. Yeah,
0: when you talk about somebody or people having the total package, especially in this community we live and breathe in, that's it, 100%. Smart, funny, uh, beautiful souls, kind, yeah and
1: you were here when i said that like 10 seconds ago right oh yeah
0: yeah i was i'm just reiterating oh good okay just make sure i don't want you to get all the credit for flattering them
1: (laughs) you know the thing that really stood out about it to me is i'm like oh look there's the perfect couple and oh awesome they're they're a thousand miles away perfect
0: yeah well it happens i think
1: they're more than a thousand miles away
0: yeah i think it's a few
1: yeah it's just a couple thousand miles away but Anyway, if you guys are out there and you guys are listening, we miss you and we really enjoyed it. And we can't wait to see you at HEDO in November. Yay. It's going to be awesome. So
0: excited. I'll be good now. I got my shit together. Yeah? Yes.
1: So let's talk vasectomy for a minute before we move on with Mo Mandel and Dr. Ashley Winter and the SNP.
0: Okay, so why why did you, uh, because this was your brainchild, why did you decide that we wanted to talk to our listeners about vasectomies?
1: Well, you know... Every time we go out and we meet new folks, we go to bars, we do meet and greets, or we get questions into casualswinger.com, a lot of times people ask about vasectomy as an option. Uh, Sometimes we hear wives uh, reaching out to us and girlfriends saying, you know, we've got two kids or three kids and and I'm done and my husband wouldn't even consider a vasectomy. Do you know anything about it? And while I do, since I personally have one, and I think we've talked about this on the show before that Mm -hmm. I do have one. Uh, Sometimes they want me to reach out and talk to them. And, you know, here at Casual Swinger, we love talking to you guys about our experiences, but we also love reaching out to experts and bringing those experts to bear for you with actual real-life information from people that are qualified to give it to you.
0: Yes. yeah. So
1: in this particular case, while I do have something to say about vasectomy and I do have my own thoughts on the subject— I felt like it was a good time to maybe bring in somebody. And then when I came across Ashley Winter and Mo Mandel, he's fucking hilarious. Oh my God. And they have such a good rapport between them that it was just, it, it made perfect sense to bring them on. And it was not a bad idea. My God, they were funny as hell. We went two hours. I mean, I had to edit the crap out of the episode it because we talked so long because we just loved them.
0: Yeah, it's amazing when you you have a, a connection like that or, or, or drive with people like that. Because like I got to talk to them for hours and hours oh, after God, yes. we had concluded. I so. want to drink
1: with them. I really, really, I, I know they're not Dude. swingers and they'd probably be scared of us, but we would love to just get shit faced with those two sometime.
0: Yeah, and I love that they said they have questions for us. Like after the fact, because you know, I'm sure some people do. are just curious, and I'm like, oh god, I want to know what they are. Think
1: about how smart <laughs> those two are collectively. Because to be a comedian, you have to be smart, brilliant. you have to be quick. And Mo is quick, yep. he's very quick. And I was very excited about that when he joined us on the show because I would make a comment and he would make it funnier, which is just oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. And she obviously is brilliant,
0: dude. Have you seen her Twitter posts over the weekend? Oh, they're awesome. Her one liners are sensational, right. like. I hate to say it, but like, um, she made a joke about like genital hygienist should be a thing, like just saying, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like fucking hilarious. And yes, yes, I support that.
1: But that's coming from a person that is not a swinger. Yeah. Like if you're non-monogamous you know that genital hygienists should be a thing because you've run into some stank <laughs> ass balls or stank <laughs> ass pussy at some point i
0: don't think it's that common in our circles but it probably does happen well, i think
1: most of us try to take care of our junk right but i mean yeah like, you want
0: people to lick it think about it you <laughs> so. like
1: drop those drawers and unleash the kraken and it breathes fish in your face you know it's like <sighs> yeah boom 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 not awesome yeah. but and maybe it's not i maybe it isn't fish maybe it's dog breath. I don't know. I'm
0: yeah. just
2: saying that cuz our dog Funk. keeps breathing in my face and Funk. it smells awful.
0: Yeah.
1: But, you know, the thing the idea behind having these guys on the show and the idea behind talking vasectomy today is is it scary? Is it a bad idea? Is it a good idea? Are there any side effects? What are the chances? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what sort of possibilities does it open for you in the lifestyle, right? Is there something I mean, would you and let's let's turn this around on you, Mallory? Okay. Would you Choose to play with somebody versus somebody else if they had a vasectomy. Would it mean anything to you?
0: I think it's a bonus, kind of, because then it eliminates any other, I guess, margin of error. I mean, I'm hardcore protection 100% of the time.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, You even wear, like, condoms on your fingers just because it's funny.
0: Sure, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I do. Um, but I think it's just kind of—it's a bonus. I don't think it's it would encourage me more because it's it's about the person. But yeah. it's, it's not a bad, like— yeah, it, it
1: is. It is nice to know. Yeah, I mean that that if you know there's a break, that the only thing you have to worry about is that they're clean. Exactly. So that is nice to know. Uh, you know, it's funny as a person who has a vasectomy, no one's ever asked me about it. I don't put it on our profiles. It's not something that we talk about at the bar, sitting down, going. So tell us about yourself. What are you into? What do you guys like? Do you have any rules? All the bullshit questions that swingers ask each other at uh-huh. first. You know, it's not. So uh, are you shooting blanks?
0: Yeah, it doesn't really come up in conversation.
1: Yeah, here's one for you. Does it taste different?
0: Oh, that's a good one. No, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. Mm-mm. Jizz is jizz, huh? Yeah. Okay. So I mean it's it's, uh, it's
0: based on your diet mostly, I think.
1: Uh huh. See, this is why I drink have a steady diet I of know. pineapple.
0: <laughs> I think that's a fallacy. <laughs> uh, we should have asked. Not now right. that I think about it, we need it we need a message. We Dr. should have a Ashley. follow up with Ashley Winter and yes. say does pineapple work? Yeah.
1: Right? Why? Well, you know what, mine, it does have less calories.
0: The pineapple or jizz? The jizz. Are you sure about that? It has to. Uh, yes, it's it's, I don't it's think diet
1: so. semen. That is what it is. <laughs> Gentlemen, go out it and get your vasectomies and tell the ladies you have diet semen.
0: Sperm zero.
1: That's right. <laughs> Come get your zero calorie semen, ladies. I got it for you. Lifetime supply. Courtesy of Mickey. It's not low carb. Oh, it is. It's all protein.
0: No, it's all carbs. <laughs>
1: Don't tell people that because no one on keto will blow me ever again. <laughs> All
0: oh, right. Don't make me laugh because I won't stop.
1: Let's move on with this thing. Guys, without further ado, we're going to jump in here with Ashley Winter and Mo Mandela, the full release podcast. Before we do that, Mallory's going to tell you how to find us if she can get through it.
0: I don't even know where I am right now. Okay, guys, we're Casual Swinger everywhere. That's CasualSwinger.com. Message us podcast at Casual Swinger. If you have any questions, love us. Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes we are on social media twitter facebook instagram and youtube love us and want to date us maybe i don't know double date nation sls sdc cassidy and quivers while well, your final profiles
1: oh that'll do it ladies and gentlemen without further ado we're introducing you to the full release podcast and answering questions about vasectomy you've been listening to casual swinger <laughs> everybody, welcome back to Casual Swinger. My name's Mickey.
0: And I'm Mallory.
1: Oh, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Me too. Yeah, so, you know, every guy's dream is to achieve the full release. You know, just a complete, entitled, what yeah. you think?
0: As much as possible, Is that right? not a girl's dream? Well... I mean, maybe mine.
1: Oh, well, you all—you you achieve release like 16 fucking times every time we go to bed. You're the cumminest creature I've ever met. Yeah. But today we have a full release for you guys. We have two guests, recent newlyweds to our show and hosts of their very own podcast. Their names are Ashley Winter and Mo Mandel. They are the hosts of the full release podcast. Guys, how are you today? We're uh,
2: currently jealous knowing that Mallory gets 16 in on every go. <laughs> yeah, that's give kind or of take. a lot. Yeah, right? give
0: or take. A couple
2: that's that's oh that's a, a lot
3: i i wasn't feeling jealous but i now see that mo feels inadequate is that with this what
2: she's... yeah is there a word that sums up inadequate and jealous and
0: intimidated
1: right
2: well that, it's that's like,
0: all mickey i'm not the wordsmith well, if somebody somebody <laughs>
1: says well you know how would you describe your orgasms kind of like an ar-15 <laughs> like, <laughs> there's
3: here's a question i have for you do you sneeze a lot in a row oh like, yes yeah. See, this is one of these things. So, so one of my former bosses who was like my mentor in a, my like sexual medicine fellowship was always saying that women who do like the, the lots of cereal sneezes for some reason are like more likely to be multi-orgasmic. And
1: no kidding. Well, I'm, there I, I go. So I, I sneeze a my- minimum of three times and I am not multi-orgasmic. I come once and go directly to sleep.
3: Yeah, but guys, it's a lot harder for for sure. There, there, it can happen in guys, but it's like way harder. But, but I like like to ask women when they say that they are multi orgasmic like if you, they, they do the sneezing.
0: You know, I'm going to ask that at parties now. Like, I'm going to go up to girls and ask them, "Do they sneeze a lot in a row?" Well, <laughs> that's going to my arsenal. I just
1: like that the Dick Doc is using "harder" as her favorite adjective over and over and over again. That <laughs> can't be by accident. What you should do
2: is next time you're at a swingers party, just walk up and accidentally like drop a little bit of pepper in front of somebody. And if they just sort of like bang out nine in a row, you're like, oh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: like her already. All right. So who do we have? You know, Ashley Winter is a board certified urologist and her husband, now husband, Mo, is a comedian. These guys do make up a great, great, great pair and a really great pair to help us answer some questions today about the snip. So that's what this episode is all about, is about vasectomy, and maybe we'll talk oh, about Oh, I thought
2: you meant circumcision. I was like, oh, they they put it together, Mo Mandel, the Jewish
1: angle. And we're <laughs> going to the snip. Great, we went and got I'm the Jewish sorry. guy. I was like,
2: oh, I could talk about my traumatic snip for hours. Okay,
1: vasectomy, though, I understand, yes. Well, that's we'll because you got it done when you were 30, but, I mean, it's way more traumatic. Oh my God. All right. This is going to be a shit show, guys, and we're excited to bring a shit show to you. We love bringing shows to you that are a little serious and a little silly. So I hope you guys are going to dig this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So big congrats, obviously, on your uh, recent nuptials. I stalked you guys a little bit on social media, especially Twitter, because I'm kind of one of those Twitter whores that I, I just sit there and look at people all day long. It's kind of like my my personal TikTok hole. And I saw that you guys had a wedding dance to one of my favorite songs, like top 10 of all time. And like you did the lift and everything. So <laughs> I I already loved you guys, but I lost my shit there. Like I'm a total fangirl now. Your dynamic, your conversations, the format of your show. So yeah. Thanks been, so much. Yeah. Yeah. Big congrats. And uh, yeah, huge fan. So If you have other music you want to put out there, I'm totally going to stalk you again and Right. So that whole thing was yeah.
1: just you whoring on them for was, doing a lift at the end of their dance. Well,
2: from so Jersey, So, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that dirty dancing kind of vibe is in her blood. So we definitely wanted to bang it out. Uh, but it got dangerous because I broke my finger right before our wedding. And all of a sudden I didn't think I'd be able to do the lift, but I could tell like, I'm just going to have to buck up. This made my first big sacrifice as a husband. Cause I knew she really wanted to do it.
3: Was this some
1: sort of like comedian accident? How did you break your finger?
3: Oh, my God. It's ridiculous.
2: I wish I could say it was like a swinging accident, but it was actually just playing uh, football at my bachelor party. And uh, game-winning interception, though. Just want to throw that out
0: there. Game-winning, game-winning pick. So All right. worth it. Got it.
3: But I had told him if he goes away and has a bachelor party that if he comes back and has COVID and ruins our wedding, that I'm like not going to go through with it. So instead, he just decided to break his ring finger, which was very... yeah. That's the-
2: <laughs> I haven't put a wedding ring on yet because we-, no. we bought a ring and then I broke my finger. And before I even realized it was broken, we went to get the ring. And the guy's like, "Uh, your finger's like two sizes
0: bigger now. So I don't think he's going to fit.
3: So we're like, maybe we should take him to the... the- Doctor. Yeah,
2: that, like, that's what drove us to the actual doctor. Gosh,
0: that says so much about the world we're living in. Because usually, a bachelor party, you like don't come home with herpes, a stripper, or illegitimate child, and it's like, don't come home with COVID and ruin our wedding. <laughs> oh, in the age
2: of COVID, herpes—that's almost like coming home with a bouquet of flowers. You know what yeah. I mean? If that's all you're bringing,
3: yeah. <laughs> Like herpes, you know, like we would be like, I would make him go ahead with a wedding, but like, if he has COVID, we can't infect everybody we know. So we have to have to call it off.
2: That's a good point. If you have herpes there's a very little chance you're going to infect your dad at your wedding.
3: <laughs> good point.
1: Yeah. Well, and we're swingers. So our wedding, there was a high chance we could have infected everybody at our wedding. <laughs> that's uh, that's how that shit goes. But anyway, for our listeners that are listening to you guys for the first time, let's give them some details about the two of you, your podcast, the full release. So a doctor and a comedian meet in a bar. We actually met
2: in the bar of a comedy club that I was performing in in Portland. I was, uh, I'd come up from LA to do a weekend at this club called Harvey's. And um, I noticed Ashley in the front row and I started doing a little flirting with her, you know, just kind of baiting that hook a little bit. And then I was selling my merch, my stupid shirts and CDs. I think I was like, I literally had hard CDs at the time. She was just sort of leering around, you know, just kind of hanging around. If she was a guy, it would be creepy, but she was a, a beautiful woman. So I was
1: like, okay. It's much cooler when hot chicks do that. When yeah, like dudes do it, you're like, uh, can you please leave?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: What happened was it basically my I went there with a friend, and then she, like, Mo was on stage making because he was headlining, and he made, was making jokes, and one of his jokes, you know, was basically about being single, which I found out later on. You know, the comedians who are single do when they're on the road, specifically to announce, you know, that they're like, uh, there's math-
2: some mathematics to it. You know I and mean? like it's
3: strategic. It. And so, and I was like, oh, he's hot and he's single, you know? So, like my friend saw me kind of like drooling over him. So she goes like barreling up to him after when he's selling his merch. It's like, my single friend wants to talk to you. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> Wow. like
1: yeah. was, the enthusiasm no, was overwhelming was no game had
3: she no had game. no
2: game no she was game. just like i'm here i was like that'll do
3: okay i had been this art <laughs> show earlier in the night and there was like a ton of free wine and i was like already like hung over from like a wine hangover and i felt like shit and then so yeah i had no game but but i thought mo was adorable and uh and then we did go to a bar afterwards
2: But she wouldn't come home with me, though. It was actually, I tried to get her to come back to my hotel, The Red Lion. And she said, uh, I can't go home with you because I'm not a floozy. (laughs) Floozy, that's actually the term. she I've never heard her say that word ever since.
3: And can I say, I am not against going home with somebody on the first date. But, you know, I had been around in the dating pool long enough that people play all sorts of like, mind games and i liked him a lot and i was just like i'm just gonna like let things cool down tonight and see what happens tomorrow you know what
0: Ooh, I mean? yeah cool. make him prove the investment i like yeah, that
3: yeah yeah and He's, then uh and then he got in his car to go back to his hotel and literally these people were like slow clapping when i walked into the
2: because they had seen us kissed on the street
3: yeah, and- we had a
1: really good kiss i gotta say
3: and the, this, these ladies like i didn't know were like, that's the best kiss
1: <laughs> well, is there a yeah. floozy problem in portland like is it a
2: thing no, I
3: don't know.
1: <laughs> there is um an interesting thing about
2: that she didn't go home with me though because as i've since learned like yeah like she kind of hinted at it, but she's definitely rocked many a one night stand oh, they, right. so- well no i think i'm okay to say that we've talked about it on the podcast like
0: yeah, probably. so listening to some of your earlier podcasts i think telling our listeners a little bit about your show first oh, yeah would be really beneficial. So tell them about what your format is and what you guys do and talk about.
3: So we start our podcast now almost. I say it's like two and a half years ago at this point, which is crazy. Yeah, and, we just
2: passed our hundred and second episode.
3: Yeah. And basically, uh, you know, he's a he's a professional comedian and writer, and I am a board certified neurologist. And I also have a, you know, a specialty in sexual medicine. And, you know, what we were realizing, A, that it's just like a, a funny combo to have a comedian and a lady dick doctor, you know, if you will. And also that, you know, what I saw in my in my life was that, you know, a lot of medical professionals were kind of talking amongst themselves, right, writing articles for liter, you know, medical journals, going to their own conferences, but not interfacing with kind of easily digestible media meant for, you know, the, the population at large. Right. And then a lot of information or discussion about sexual health and men's health, women's health, whatever, you know, in the mainstream media was about people who don't have necessarily great information. Right. And so we were just thinking like, how can we kind of interact in a way that's like digestible and answer people's questions and, you know, kind of talk about some of these topics. Uh, you know, in a way that's fun, but also not full of bad information.
2: You know, I think we were both like big fans of Loveline, you know, growing up. Yes. So yes. It just sort of, it, we were just sort of like, you know, Ashley will come home from work sometimes and be like, ah, oh, I'm so tired of looking at dicks, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> oh,
3: you're
2: going to hate what I have planned for tonight. And I'm like, holy shit, I just said that. And that's funny. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, it's like a, a comedian who tells a lot of dick jokes uh, and a doctor who's looking at a lot of dicks and we're both kind of got sort of a bit of a crass sense of humor is like we're making ourselves laugh all the time. And I'm learning a shitload being with this brilliant woman. So it's like, maybe, maybe that's a dynamic that other people would enjoy, you know? And I think it's so far they have, you know, like laughing and learning about something that ordinarily you don't hear anyone talking about. And certainly not a gorgeous young woman like Ashley. I
0: have to, I have to agree with you because I love that it's disarming because you use that uh, nonchalant, blase, and the, the humor to talk about stuff that's typically taboo in most circles. So that's something we enjoy talking about on our show because, you know, if, if you hear the word swinger out and about and you're not talking about golf, you usually get a little bit of a side eye. What? And. Uh, and I've learned a lot listening to you guys. And I thought I knew a lot of things about dicks. <laughs> and apparently I have a lot more to learn.
2: I thought you were a dick dickspert. I but...
0: I thought I was too.
2: So. Well, you probably know a lot about like dicks that are like fully functioning at that moment.
3: Oh, you would be surprised. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> you would be yeah, surprised. I mean, well, that's one of the things I, we, we were saying, you know, and there's so much sexuality in the media and on TV and movies and whatever, but there's there's very little uh you know approachable portrayal of when people have problems with oh their yeah or questions about it and like making people feel not isolated when they have those issues right like if you you know have a cold you don't mind you don't feel like stressed out and alone and and kind of alienated you know and there's all these right. ways that for some reason like you know having anything go wrong with your genitals is like you know just be really hard dude
0: so. yeah I mean, for anyone, but I think especially guys, because it's not something I think that they talk about in their own little social circles. If, if they're like on the course or, or at a bachelor party or whatever, they're not sitting around talking about, you know, the funny thing my dick does. That's oh, probably yeah. not normal. Hey,
2: Steve, my shaft itches. So, shaft I mean, itches? If, if that's happening at a bachelor party, that is like the worst bachelor party. this is when my guy who broke his finger at a pandemic non-strippers bachelor party. <laughs>
3: say it's actually funny so i do a lot of treatment of Peroni's disease which is you know when people get a curved erection and mm-hmm. uh it can in certain cases be genetic so when i do when i see people for a consult for the first time i'll ask you know do you have any family history of this and you know 90 percent of the time like the guys are looking at me like i never talked to my dad about whether or not his, pe- his erection was bent like what are you talking about <laughs> like you know and, and but on the rare occasion they're like oh yeah my dad had this too and i'm like all right man i'm your dad talked to you about real shit. That's He's good.
1: like, no, no, no. I just walked in on them having sex one time.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and mom was standing off to the left and dad was fucking the hell out. Everybody was pointing in a different direction. <laughs> uh, yeah. So th- since you brought up Peyronie's, let's just throw that out there real quick, doc. Uh, how common is curvature of the penis and how severe does it have to be for you to need to get it looked at?
3: And so the, it used to it used to be thought that Peyronie's, this curvature of the re- erection, was super rare uh, now it's estimated that it's at least one in 12 men, uh, not when you're younger, because the average age of onset is in your fifties and sixties, but you know, by the time you reach your fifties and sixties, at least one in 12 men, uh, it could be higher, but they think the reason it was always thought to be rare and probably isn't, is just because people would never go talk to their doctor about it. They'd be like, Oh, my penis is 90 degrees and I can never have sex again. And this is devastating, but I am too ashamed to talk about it. Or you know, we make people feel like sexual health is not part of health, right? Like you're not allowed to talk to your doctor about that. Like it's not worth their time, you know, even though talking about a mole is worth their time, right? Like it's sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, but nobody ever catches you playing with your mole and it scares you. <laughs> right. So <laughs>
3: <that's> <laughs> you, true, mind yeah, play like,
1: with it all day. Nobody says a word, but you whip out your I, dick I and all know. of a sudden,
2: yeah, especially if you're doing it on the bus. You know, people are just very weird about that these days, you know, especially in this sort of – this very conservative wave that's
1: happening. Uh, <laughs> I've been banned from three out of the four Walmarts in Orlando. Oh, man.
2: Luckily, there's got to be more than four Walmarts in Orlando, let's be honest. There's got to be like – 40. A, yeah, it's <laughs> Orlando.
3: Has somebody, like, made, like, the pantsless convenience store? Like, you
0: know. No, but that's a thing. Let's do it. Uh, that exists? Yeah. I don't right? know. Because I have this thing against pants, like, hard. Yeah.
3: Oh. Like where you can just go in wearing whatever, you know, like.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm in.
3: Yeah. Like yeah. you have to, during COVID, you have to have your mask on, but like everything else. Right,
1: know? I'd be ass naked wearing a mask. I'm like, fuck it, I'm wearing yeah. a mask. The sign says, <laughs> yeah, must right. be wearing a mask. It yeah, just you have right to wear pants.
3: Yeah. Everything else optional, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly where I'm at with it. So, you know, but it, it, speaking of uncomfortable situations, right, because that's, I mean, some of the things we're talking about would make some people uncomfortable. Me walking in without pants, for example. So do you get to go home and and the things that you talk about with Ashley, do you get to talk about those things on stage? Is there any of that like patient doctor privilege? She's like, you wouldn't have believed the dick I saw today. And then you can go on stage and be like, so my wife was working on this set of elephantitis nuts. And I mean, do you, do you get to talk about that kind of shit on stage? I talk a ton about her
2: on stage and about her job in general. Unfortunately, there is like a HIPAA thing out there where you can't talk about anything specific, you know, like about, individual people I and mean, if there wasn't our podcast would be phenomenal because we, <laughs> but you can't obviously you know talk about any of that stuff but I do get just like a ton of material out of just like just the situationalness of our relationship you know what I mean that like when she leaves the house she's going to look at like a you know starting lineup of dicks you know what I mean and then it's sort of like well I should at least be able to get on red tube for a few hours. You know what I mean it's like it's just such a ridiculous situation you know and so I get a ton of material out of out of uh, out of this relationship.
3: Yeah, I always feel like I need to get a commission.
2: Yeah, she should get a commission <laughs> out of my act at this
3: point. Like, come on, it's good material. Like I, you
2: know. Although I mean, sometimes I look at my act I'm like, man, I'm talking about men's genitalia for about 30 minutes here. That's a bit kind of strange. <laughs> 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 I
1: don't know what kind of audience I'm hoping to build. Well, with I mean this. you've had one your whole life. You're an expert on that aspect. I mean, top down, you have got this. It's the bottom-up view that you're not used to. The thing is, though, like, you know, uh,
2: like, because obviously, yeah, you know, you can't talk about any specific stuff, and so, and, you know, Ashley's very serious about that, so she would never talk about any of that stuff on the podcast, but just like, uh, or to me in general, I I don't know any of that real stuff that she's got going on, but one thing that's strange about, you know, being with Ashley is I learn all kinds of things about my dick that I have to be worried about, like... I didn't know what Peyronie's was and I didn't know if you, you know, if you're not fully hard and you have sex, the wrong angle, you could cause something like that. So now when we have sex. I'm always asking I'm like, kind of like do, I, do I seem hard enough? Or am I at the right angle? Or should we got should we get a protractor?
3: Like sometimes we're done with sex and it was, it was very good and everyone's satisfied and then he rolls over and he needs to do some sort of debriefing. Like, do you think, do you think I did anything that like could have injured me there? Like, what do you think, what do you think about that? I'm like, Oh, oh my I mean... god <laughs> Your penis is
1: most romantic pillow talk ever <laughs> all, right. all right i'm looking up priapism what is that
3: yeah. yeah but uh you know they people will say they're like why would a woman become a, a urologist and i'm like i don't like, it's really great for me to spend time thinking about things that aren't going to go wrong with my own body. Like, I don't have a prostate, so I don't need to worry about all these things, you know? Like, it's it's fantastic. If I was delivering babies and then I want to have a kid, it's like, damn it.
0: That's <sighs> actually genius. I, <sighs> I never thought about that because I was thinking, like, what brought you down that road to decide that this was going to be your specialty? And that my, there's a light bulb over my head that just went off. Please say
1: it's genius. because you were a hoe in college. No, oh, med
2: school. At like
3: 20. Um,
1: that is
2: amazing at 20. Isn't that crazy? Wow. She was smoking hot in high school too, but I mean, she was also like a Val Victorian. So I mean, maybe she just prioritized differently.
3: But like, I didn't have any sort of, you know, like conservative upbringing at all. I was just like, I was just like shy and like kind of out to lunch. I don't know. Like some people, you know, they're just not ready. So
0: yeah. Mo, when you found out that was her specialty, how did it make you feel? What was your reaction?
2: Well, it's so strange because it was like I didn't even really know that was a thing. I I didn't know there were dick surgeons. I thought dicks were like horses, you know, when they got sick you just put them down. Like, I didn't know that somebody was there <laughs> giving them CPR and stuff. Just shoot. Also, it. it
3: wasn't very long into our into our dating. Like it wasn't something I kept from him and then we had to debrief about. Like I think that night at the comedy club when I when when my friend was like, "Oh, you know, this girl wants to talk to you." He's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" I was like, "I'm a penis surgeon." And, and I was, was like, like, you're like, was like really a... good in
2: bed or what?
3: Was... <laughs> so, her, so her that was her pickup line. Like, was... <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right, like, I'm pretty sure that's what I said. Yeah, she... I, was not, I was not on my A game that I, was just <laughs> That's the cutest thing i Yeah, ever I mean, <laughs> it,
2: it's not to me intimidating. People always get intimidated in a dick doctor or a dick surgeon. I'm like, not because she's dealing with dicks. I'm intimidated because she's smart enough to be a fucking surgeon. You know what I mean? Like, I'm an idiot. Fair. I don't know how to do anything. Like she knows how to like. They she's legally allowed to cut people open, and I'm just like, I am such a fucking moron. It'll take me eight hours to edit a YouTube video. I'm just like, that's what's intimidating, you know. I'm like, she can look at all the other dicks she wants as long as you know, it's in a non-intimate setting. Yeah.
1: But you know,
3: that said, Mo has like been on network television shows and created a television show that ran for a few seasons and you know has a legitimate IMDB and all this. But crazy it's all stuff. dumb like,
2: compared to what you do though.
3: No, but it's not dumb. You know, so from my standpoint, I'm like, oh this guy's famous. That's so <laughs> intimidating, you know, like fuck. Oh. You know, so I mean whatever. I, I just think it's great when people are impressed by each other in ways that are different. You know, it's nice. Um yeah. Very yeah. True. That's a sign of a great
1: relationship when you're kind of Enamored with each other's professional capabilities and still like to see each other naked. Yes, yeah.
2: I mean, look, man, if we're still going this strong after 28 days of marriage. I think we can make the distance. You know, I, I mean? think you're over <laughs> the hump, dude. Yeah, you've our gotten to the still going strong after 28 days. So you know, it's just clearly <laughs> it's the right thing. Well,
3: yeah, yeah. When we have been married for like four days and we hadn't had sex for like two days, we're like we went half our marriage without having sex. It's really,
1: it's yeah, really, that's just when you have, have to have a quickie on the counter. <laughs> Just, just knock it out.
3: No. Um, but I should, as an aside, just say that I do see women patients. But I, you know, I don't do like baby stuff and things like that. But I, but I definitely also see lots of lady patients. So I'm not just dicks. So, so,
1: you know, let's talk a little bit about sexual health and wellness. You know, this is this is your Ballywick doc. Uh, you know, I know that in lifestyle circles, we run into people who have varying levels of conversation about vasectomy i personally have had one so i have a lot of things to say about it when these things come up but a lot of times it's the guy going fuck no no one's taking a pair of scissors near my dick and then there's you know girls going well you better or you can't have it anymore tell us a little bit about the basics of vasectomy today uh you know how serious is the procedure what is it exactly go
3: (laughs) yeah sure so uh vasectomy is where you you, know, you have your, your testicle carries your sperm uh, to your urinary tract uh, through your vas deferens that's the tube that connects them and the way to basically make sure that you have you, you don't have any more children or are sterile is if you have this procedure done uh, where a small segment of your vas deferens is you know cut and removed or cauterized so burnt on the inside um, and, you know, generally that's done in a urologist's office. There are some primary care doctors, family doctors who do it also, and, uh, you know, it's super common. Uh, you know, I mean, I think it, it can be, obviously it's a very precious part of your body, so it can be a very intimidating thing, but in right. the scheme of procedures, it's a very safe and effective procedure. Uh, you know, it's one of the only ways to have uh, you know, kind of contraception that's that's male based uh, aside from condoms. Right. So if you're a guy and you you know, want control over your fertility, it's, it's a great option. Um, you know, and I see that. I mean, I have guys who have come in who are single guys, you know, and, and want a vasectomy because they don't want to get a woman pregnant, not because their partner told them they had to. Uh, you know, so. So, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, most of the time done in the office with local. Uh, of course there are local anesthesia, sorry, numbing medicine. Of course there can be complications, but you know, in the scheme of procedures or in the scheme of permanent sterilization options, you know, vasectomies are really safe.
2: What well, I'm always shocked about when you talk about those surgeries, babies, is like people if they just get local anesthetic are, are fully awake and you'll be like talking to them while you're doing it, which is so nuts to me.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's you're making like...
2: small talk while you've got your hands in a guy's ball sack
3: yeah i mean that's my favorite the the best way aside from giving like the lidocaine you know to get a guy through the vasectomy is just to make small talk and that's one of my favorite things in clinic is because every other patient comes in with a problem that you have to talk to them about right whereas the vasectomy guy is coming in with no problem so you just talk to him about whatever the fuck so like they'll come in and i'll start doing the procedure i'm like so tell me about what you do you know and and it's usually you know young active guys who are in a productive stage of their life. So I've had all sorts of people come across my office and, you know, I've heard about just a crazy range of things, you know, from people being like, I mean, whatever. we're in the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, you hear about people being like salmon fishermen and like, you know, guys who do the tree stuff or your arborists and, you know, whatever, tattoo artists and people who work in government and like all this crazy stuff. So it's actually like. Tell,
2: tell them your awesome joke that you hit them with. Oh, no. No, this is good. This is good. Do you uh, we're have ready. a hi hat sound effect ready? No. Get said- a hi hat sound effect ready. Hit them with it. Right before the vasectomy, what do you
3: say? No, it's not right before. It's right after I take out the, the piece of the vast deference. I say, oh, it's a nice piece of vast. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but then I stopped saying it because then I didn't know what that sounded
2: creepy. Yeah. <laughs> One of the nurses comes in with a trombone. <laughs>
3: Uh, so yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I tend to find when we really hit it off and have a great conversation that most guys when they're done with a vasectomy, is like, oh, that was kind of fun.
0: Like, <laughs> that was kind of fun. Oh, it, that's unexpected.
3: <laughs> like that was a great chat. Like I wish I could have <laughs> a, you know, there's like a reality show. Where I wish I had have-
0: three vast efforts so I could do it again. <laughs> oh. So
3: how long does it take? Like
0: once you get, you get them on the table, give them the local, like I, I've heard it's pretty quick and I didn't realize they were awake either until mickey told me about his so that was that was thing yeah, so i saw how- smoke
1: coming up from my balls that oh, was not God, okay
0: makes me cringe a little but yeah it's it's a pretty quick procedure right
3: yeah i mean it depends per, you know on the person doing it and the technique they use and the person's body type uh you know but i'd say it can be anywhere between like five minutes and half an hour depending on those factors wow. um,
1: drive through vasectomy by dr ashley winter
3: yeah <laughs> I, I would say I I'm not super on the five minute side, but one of the guys because I you're having like five minute you're like, having whole
2: conversations. You know, you're going through politics.
1: You know, you're talking about sports.
3: I mean, we've definitely talked about sports and politics and all of those things. So yeah. Um, what else do you talk
1: about when your balls are in somebody's hand holding scissors? <laughs> well, I would avoid politics.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Who I do you vote for? A yeah. It's
3: a real icebreaker. I'm just saying. You know, it's like. How do you break the glass? You just have somebody's balls in your hand. So, you know, you're just like, well, I feel, I, I'm close to you right now. So. Right.
2: Yeah. We're, we're do friends. You just in, do you ever just put, do you ever just whisper in the air,
1: I'm inside you? <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's not uncomfortable <laughs> at all.
2: No, no, you can use that instead of a nice piece of bass.
3: <laughs> I did. I did once have a guy who wanted to watch. So, uh, I was like, okay. So then he, we gave him like some extra pillows and he just propped himself up on his elbows and like watched me do it. So,
1: <laughs> oh, I'd be passed like, out. That'd be the end for me. You'd have to like, somebody
0: wake him up. Yeah. That's just a lot about his constitution, especially when it's on your body. Ooh. Right. Yeah.
3: Woo. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's, that's And then
3: rough. I had, uh, guys definitely also fall asleep, um, so that oh you must be good yeah. right
1: that must be really uncomfortable strange. if people fall asleep and fart in the middle of it though <laughs> Just i anybody's
3: ever farted actually i think that their butt, like their asshole is so tight from like it's, nothing is getting out of there like that's a good point <laughs> like a fucking snare
1: drum <laughs> <laughs> nope
3: it's not coming out of there tell us about your vasectomy experience
1: oh god yeah mine was not good uh you know it's it's I actually, I think it'll actually be a nice segue into another thing we wanted to talk to you about. But, you know, it's, I took the plunge at 24 years old, right? So I was, it was really early on. And
2: it, it was, did you have children already?
1: uh, Yeah. So I had my daughter with, Uh, a girl that I did not get married to because I am a person of extremely high moral fiber. And I uh, essentially uh, was paying so much money and fighting for custody. And I got just it went so badly that I really decided that I was never going to give up that control again. So naturally, I ended up meeting two other women in my life that I did marry who had sons that needed fathers. So I have three anyway. But but only one is actually mine. Uh, But that whole experience led me to get a vasectomy because I am the kind of guy that could jerk off in the floor and somebody could slip and fall in it two days later and get pregnant. So <laughs> I was just kind of like, yeah, I think that I should probably get this taken care of. But I had issues with recurring prostate infections. I had granuloma. I had uh, I had so many problems that just kind of came out mm-hmm. at basically every possible side effect and issue you could have I had except for them growing back together because the granuloma happened there was no way they were ever going back together uh is pretty much what it boiled down to so the I guess the the question that I had is is are how common are these side effects right because I did have some pretty massive issues and I have a lifelong desire to kick that doctor in the balls that did my procedure because I felt like you know I don't know I'd like to blame him maybe it's not him maybe it's just luck Uh, but there's other questions that I want to get to, but how common are the issues that I just told you about, for example?
3: Yeah. I mean, if you look at the literature, the rates vary, uh, you know, I'd say typically long-term pain issues from a vasectomy, you know, are quoted to be, you know, like one to 2%. Um, you know, if I, I mean, I've been doing vasectomies now for years. I, I don't know of anybody who's having chronic pain issues that I've done, but that said, I don't know if they would come back and tell me, uh, you know, so I, I, I don't know if you ever, did you end up seeing your.
1: Yeah, so I ended up going to a new uh, doctor and this is back when we lived in Virginia. As a matter of fact, the same doctor that reattached John Wayne Bobbitt's penis uh, was the oh. one that took over for me. Yeah. Uh, his That's name was pretty Donald. awesome. Did he, did he have like a huge frame photo? Like if like Mike
2: Tyson comes into your restaurant, you get him to like take a photo or a headshot or something.
1: Actually, he had a neat little sign in his office and said, ask us how we put a little kink in it and nice. uh, so but, awesome. yeah he had a pretty good sense of humor about it uh, he's out of the practice now he's he was almost dead then but his name was dr sane uh he was insane but his name was dr sane uh you know the thing that, that really hit me was the white light pain every time i even thought about sex for about six months after i had mine it was Ooh. then it was a result of the recurring prostate infections i'm past it now dr sane pretty much said i have to have sex or get off pretty much every day and that's the way i'll keep my prostate healthy that was his advice and he even wrote me a prescription for it i wish i still had it because it came in handy at the bar but so with, with mallory on steroids just to keep up with your uh your prostate needs at this point
0: so the procedure predates me he actually got it done with his first wife and according to sources and i'm not going to name names um the prescription was invalid <laughs> she would not as honor as she it. Was concerned
3: <laughs> that's hilarious wait really every day yeah he said use it
0: or lose
1: it use it or lose it i i would not be into that as much
2: fun as it is to come i definitely don't need to come every day
0: really i can't i I mean i I do it every day every day (laughs) i do it every day
2: really well you guys are you guys guys are fucking you guys are uh weird match Me and Ashley have to watch Netflix and eat ice cream every day. I don't know if that counts.
3: We do. We do. We have to eat ice cream every day. That is That is true. We have very good metabolism. <laughs> I eat ice
1: cream every day. You'd literally have to make bigger doors to get me in and out of them.
3: Um. So I will say, I think that a lot of the problems that can arise after a vasectomy in terms of chronic pain, you know, historically, a lot of them have been poorly managed or poorly diagnosed. So, um, you know, for example, a lot of chronic pain related to post vasectomy. Yes, there can be pain associated with the backup or the back pressure of the of the sperm. But then there's also people who get what we call pelvic floor dysfunction from the process of having a vasectomy. Right. And so what I mean by that is, you know, you come in your tents, somebody's maybe pulling on your balls while you are stressed out, mm-hmm. that, can be, that process in itself is traumatic. And you can get a, basically a situation where your muscles are spasming uh, you know, from a traumatic event, right? And so you can have that in the muscles that surround your testicle, your spermatic cord, that can also happen in your pelvis. And then as you get over the pain of the vasectomy in the days following the vasectomy, that whole process can become compounded and you know i have seen many men who have pelvic pain and like you know you i examine them right and you literally put a finger up their ass and it's like you know so tight right like they are so tight and they are you know
1: i'm a virgin too you know? it's fine
0: no you're not
3: <laughs> so you know, and i'm not saying this is you i'm not saying this is you just kind of as like a you know my like public service announcement about this is like uh uh, you know, if you, right, like touch something that's hot you pull your muscles away from it, right? Like if you touch a flame. And the same thing, your body tends to react and pull itself away from a source of pain and muscles will tense. And so like a lot of guys who are having some of these issues after a vasectomy, you know, they potentially should be seeing like a pelvic floor physical therapist or somebody who can do internal work on them. Or, you know, there there are tons of interesting options that maybe... You know, you even needed somebody to present to you, you know, early on, and they didn't.
2: I have to jump in here because she said pelvic floor work. So, this is like one of those moments that I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is a part of your job. She was in LA and that she was like, hey, I got to go do this uh, conference uh, for like a day, a class. I was like, what are you? She's like, I was like, we're learning pelvic floor work. What it involved was her going to a place, and it was all female urologists, right?
3: No, it was pelvic. Pelvic floor physical
2: therapists. Okay. She was learning from pelvic floor physical therapists how to massage guys inside pelvises. So there I was lo-
3: They were the some of the physical therapists were teaching other physical therapists. Whatever.
2: The point is you went like, out to a place I and there was a bunch there, of guys who had volunteered to have, you know, like you guys women put their fingers in their asses and massage their yeah. uh areas as i was like that's
0: what you did all day yes that's I, where you, that, that's where you're at i picked the wrong profession <laughs> no shit i'm like you
3: could be you could be a, a course instructor for a physical therapist right. you know? free coffee wow. and donuts i'm in for a physical therapist
1: you know but yeah i i'm stunned by it of course but you know it's when we talk about the whole pelvic floor like work yeah. I, that's what we call fucking our,
0: <laughs> yeah that's true but, like, um, manipulating the the prostate, and like that whole area, I think is really underrated in regards to like traditional sex, too. yeah so,
3: sure.
0: yeah, yeah, there
3: used to be when guys used to come in for with public pain, like an old school thing was that you would go to a urologist and they'd give you a prostate massage and you would basically like, you know, have a, what they called expressed prostatic secretions mm-hmm. old you know, but. I mean, like, I I mean, this is like old school stuff. Like you would go there and and the urologist would just like rub your prostate until that happened and like people don't really do that anymore. But that was considered a classic treatment for like male pelvic pain. Like you'd have your kind of lineup of guys who would come into the urologist's office and have their like weekly prostate massage from their urologist. That's not
1: covered under my HMO doctor.
3: It may that's,
1: that's so surprising to me though. If you think of like a doctor in the nineteen fifties who
2: just comes home and it's like this oh, sure. just had like numerous guys come in his office from like that was his day.
3: Like and all those guys felt better afterwards. No, I'm sure they did.
0: It's- I'm still waiting for the day where they treat women with hysteria by making them masturbate.
3: Well, I mean they used to use like uh, you know, vibrators on them. I mean oh, that yeah.
0: was a- I really think we need to like start a petition to bring that back because I think it would improve a lot of mental health too. Oh, yeah. I mean, just go in, and get I'm whacked not a little about but your day.
3: Just like at insane. work, instead of the yoga room, they have like the masturbation room. Yes. Like, yeah. I, need to- I, I need to go masturbate right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we work from home. So, like, any, whatever room I'm in at the time <laughs> kind of works. Every
1: room in this house is a (laughs) masturbation room. I literally walk out to go get a a bottle of tea or something, and she's on the couch. I'm like, okie dokie. Yeah, whatever. Just keep doing it. Just don't
0: make eye contact.
1: Now, you know, some of the guys we talk to uh, here on Casual Swinger, because this is a swinger podcast, ironically enough, even though we're just cutting up today and having a good time. But some of the folks that listen to it, you hear them talk about the things that scare them about vasectomy. And, and a big part of what scares them is, you know, someone coming within 100 yards, of their nuts with a pair of surgical scissors. But other things like reduced sex drive, reduced volume of, yes. of semen, intensity and distance of ejaculation. Apparently, some guys judge their virility based on their ability to paint a headboard, reduce testosterone levels and, and other issues. Are any of these fears real?
3: So, most of those observations in men who have had a vasectomy are, you know, like subjective. I also think that if somebody had a traumatic experience with a vasectomy and they're experiencing pain or they're, you know, expecting to have reduced virility, you know, all these things, and like you can get in the headspace where you're feeling less into it or because your balls hurt, you don't want to have sex or, you know, or if you're having pelvic floor dysfunction, maybe you're not ejaculating as hard because your pelvic floor is a huge part of your ejaculation, right? Like you, that those muscles squeezing right before you come, like you can tell that there's a muscular component to that. Like that's happening. Um So it's not to say that people don't experience those things, you know, they're not, generally a direct physical consequence of having a piece of your vas deferens taken out. So here's some examples, right? 95% of your ejaculate comes from your prostate and your seminal vesicles and your uh, you know, periurethral glands, right? So all of that stays intact after a vasectomy, right? So the average guy is not going to perceive a reduction in his ejaculate volume after a vasectomy um, because most of it is not from your balls. Like that's just, you know, whatever the, the physiology of it. So, so that's one, I mean, maybe tiny, but if you're able to tell the difference in like five to 10% of your ejaculate volume, like you're very sophisticated.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> you may, you may be like spending a little too much time looking at it.
3: Fair. You don't you judge, judge my measuring
2: target. spoons next
1: to the bed.
3: Right. If you are ejaculating into a, yes, onto like a, a, a highly sensitive skin, scale then maybe you're going to notice that i don't know but like um i like
2: to jack off into the scales of justice (laughs) and i like to see am i guilty today or am i innocent
1: i thought you were gonna say you jerked off into one of those little hug drinks that we drank when we were kids i was like what are you doing dude (laughs) i try to fill up an entire capri sun
0: Oh, oh god
3: sorry i will say this uh, this is I, a good one i heard was uh you know we give people a cup after the vasectomy to bring the sample back in mm-hmm. and like somebody thought that they had to fill up the entire cup after- <laughs> <laughs> so like then he brought in like just an entire cup of cum good and, for like- them wow <laughs> and the lab tech was like, what is this like
0: how many times did they have
3: to whack off to fill it up
1: right? This Holy was crap. this was 19 hours of Pornhub. <laughs> That's what this was.
3: Yeah. So in terms of the testosterone thing, the testosterone is produced by the testicles. Uh, and, you know, testosterone production is what we call endocrine function, meaning that the testosterone goes directly from your balls into your bloodstream. It doesn't go through your vas deferens to produce its effects. Okay. Meaning like cutting your vas deferens isn't going to lead to a change in the amount of testosterone you have in your body right now, if for some reason, something went really wrong with your vasectomy and the blood supply to your testicle was cut, then you could have driveling of your testicle, it probably wouldn't be very noticeable, but that would be like testicular atrophy. The chance of you having that happen from a vasectomy is like really low. Uh, so yes, on some really crazy complication, you could have testicular atrophy and reduced testosterone, but that's just not even something I would expect to happen. Um right on. So
0: yeah. So it sounds overall this is a very safe procedure to get as a guy. Um there's obviously and these are concerns we've actually heard from from other guys, either family, friends, swingers, it doesn't matter. So educating them may help them in decision they make moving forward which is great now my question is is there still like an ethical policy involved when a gentleman shows up to have the procedure done in regards to age either on the the younger side or the older side
3: i'm trying to think um you know some guys in my group definitely make guys who are younger let's say Like, you know, if you're younger than like 22, uh, you know, kind of have, you know, a discussion before Mm -hmm. they do it. And also if you don't have any children to have a discussion before they go through with it, because there are are plenty of guys who don't have any kids that want to do it. Uh, In terms of older, I'm not sure because, you know, you could be an older guy and have a younger partner. It's not like they're necessarily going to make a decision that they're going to regret if you're having a vasectomy when you're like 50, Mm -hmm. you
0: know? Right. So as a girl, the reason I asked is um, after I had my son, I was really, really young and I was like, all right, I want my tubes tied because this is a lot more than I bargained for. It wasn't planned and I just want to make sure that this one that I have, I I need to take care of that I'm, I'm doing the best I can, but I don't think I want to go down that road anymore. Mm -hmm. So being very young, there was no doctor that was willing to do it. tubal ligation was not on the table and what i kept hearing is maybe talk to your partner and have them come in to get the vasectomy because that's a lot safer easier and they don't there wasn't these quote-unquote restrictions and i i don't know if that was like a personal uh thing for the the specific doctors that i saw or if it was just like an ethical thing across the board, or or insurance which is kind of like i said why i asked um But the other thing I was curious about, is there any like health benefits? Like if, if the guys have a vasectomy, is there anything that's a a plus or a pro other than birth control?
3: Both awesome questions. Uh, You know, in terms of your experience, I think even in the past, you know, 15, 20 years, there's been, you know, radical shifts in terms of allowing people to have the reproductive autonomy and respect their decisions, you know, that they want to have, um, you know, and, and the reason I say that is even, you know, when I was, when I was in my twenties, I remember I wanted an IUD. And because I hadn't had a child before, no gynecologist would give me one. <laughs> and that's a reversible form of birth control, right? It's right. like, I mean, it's crazy uh but and and i was at at the time in medical school and knew that it was safe to have an iud if you hadn't had a child before and they still wouldn't do it right and i lived in like a you know i lived in a northeast like liberal state or whatever but Mm -hmm. it didn't matter you know and now now i think the vast majority of doctors would give a woman who hasn't had any kids yet an iud you know and Mm -hmm. so and I, and I see in my own practice, I think that some of the older physicians, you know, kind of have some more more moral sense of needing to make sure people are making decisions about not having children, than maybe some of the younger doctors. Like mm-hmm. I think some of the younger doctors are like, well, if this person wants a vasectomy, you know we're going to like respect that choice, you know? Right
1: on. I don't think we're struggling to populate the earth at this point.
3: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's okay, yeah. Abraham, sit down. Right. I mean, like, you know, a a 25-year-old guy, like, that's his decision. It's not my place to, like, because you're 25, say, like, you you have to have kids for another 10 years. Like, that's your decision. Like, how do
2: you know you're not going to want to be poorer and have less time in the future? (laughs) (laughs) And And what if you want that option?
3: And it's also just like, right, I mean, in this country, we take 18-year-olds and we put them in wars and we celebrate that, right? And it's like, if you're 18 and you're allowed to decide... To put your life on the line good point like why can't you decide that you want to have sex without making somebody pregnant like i just or even
2: more so you could just buy a gun when you're 18 but you can't decide you don't want to get pregnant yeah. that's right perfect. yeah you could yeah. kill someone we're fine with that but we don't want you create we don't want you taking the ability to
1: create yeah. somebody yeah yeah. yeah can't drink can't buy cigarettes now either but...
3: Now that said, you know it's unethical to do a vasectomy or any procedure on somebody without explaining the risks and benefits, right? So like, fair enough. Hopefully, every guy who has a vasectomy has been told, yeah, there is a risk of chronic pain, right? And it's low, but that's a real thing, you know. Right. And, and sure yeah, <laughs> and that's the key, right? That is the that is the key. I don't think it's necessarily that somebody's young or old. It's that you really did take the time to let them know what those things were, and that you know.
1: So what excludes somebody from being eligible for a vasectomy?
3: Um, I don't think there's too much that excludes somebody. It's more like things that make it so that we have to do it in the operating room. Uh, You know, like if you've had a history of scrotal surgery and there's a lot of scarring there, or I can't feel your vas deferens, uh, you know, a guy who's like, maybe a lot larger and it's harder for me to feel the vast difference. you know, giant so
1: penis or a fat guy.
3: More like a fat guy. Okay.
1: That's <laughs> just what you mean. You said larger. So.
3: <laughs> the giant penis, you can get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, I, when I went in for my vasectomy and, and uh, you can ask my ex-wife about this when next time you talk I to will, her, honey. I love her, but <laughs> she was with me when I went in for my consumer for my consult and I walked in and I, just assume that the girl that was in the room with us was the one that I needed to show to. So I dropped my shorts and whipped out my junk. She turns around and goes, Oh my God, I'm the receptionist.
3: That's, that's hilarious.
1: So I showed my dick to the receptionist thinking that she was the nurse or the doctor or whatever. And I was like, Oh, so does that mean I should put it away? And I went waddling after and with my pants around my ankles. Oh my gosh. It was
2: worried. great.
3: So I can only hope
2: you were wearing that shirt. You're wearing casual swingers. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs>
3: although i would say you know from a professional stamp professionalism standpoint probably she should have been like okay great i'll go get the nurse and just like walked out of the room instead of being like i'm the receptionist why are her pants off like unnecessary (laughs) like
1: (laughs) i was entertained my ex was mortified uh she said i'm never ever coming here with you again and i was like well (laughs) i'm not coming for six weeks
3: the funny thing our i our nursing staff will always say is like you'll they'll tell a guy to address from the waist down, uh, you know, and they'll walk out of the room. And when they come back, the guy's like buck naked. And it happens all the time. And it's hilarious because women never do that.
0: No, no, because I think guys are generally uncomfortable. Just shirt—we call it shirt cocking. Actually, a friend of ours coined that term. Oh, that hilarious. they're naked from the waist down and they only have a shirt on. They're like, this just feels silly. So they just, it like, does, does feel so silly.
2: It's a very goofy, goofy look. You're like a little ten-year-old kid, like waiting for your dad to, like you know, help you,
1: like get dressed in a locker room or something. like
3: <laughs> Or like a little Winnie the Pooh with like a little... Shirt. Yeah, yeah, you feel like
2: Winnie
1: the Pooh, yeah. No, I look like Winnie. I resemble Winnie the Pooh when I do that, okay? So it's, <laughs> it's just not a good thing, but... Oh, it's good so grief.
3: Funny, but it's so awkward whenever you walk in a room and a guy's just like... And, and also, you, a thing that guys will do is we'll give them the sheet and instead of them opening up the sheet and putting it over their their lower half, they just leave it in a little nice little square. you know <laughs> Like
0: a napkin just over yeah, the... Like-
3: general area yeah Yeah, sitting there with a nice little square sitting there on their lap and then they're totally naked and we're like guys are just like it's hilarious I I miss working in a doctor's office now nobody nobody gets hard
1: in your office ever do they
3: (laughs) uh I mean it happens like on rare occasions uh and usually it's just an anxiety thing you know so I think part of being a professional is just saying I mean you can you can tell if somebody gets an erection and it's kind of
0: uh inappropriate or an inappropriate. accident
3: yeah yeah and then when it's an accident and the vast majority of the time it's just an accident you know and i think part of being a professional is just like normalizing that and just being like it's okay you had a stress erection like whatever you know yeah. Just move on. Um, Dude,
1: that never happens gone. when i'm getting my taxes done yeah
3: <laughs> yeah
0: that's true. It's a very good
2: point. Yeah. Why, why are you never get pulled by the cops? You're like, sorry about this hard on officer. I'm super stressed out right now. <laughs>
1: it's just killing me. Work's <laughs> tough. Kids won't shut up. <sighs> Life's mad all the time.
0: I wanted to talk about, um, before I forget, the HIPAA compliance factor. Because um, every ind- individual, right, has a right to their, their privacy when it comes to the relationship with the doctor. Um, and conversations on the female side and a little swinger circles is... You know I, if a husband were to go in and have the procedure done, there's no obligation to inform the wife because that is, that is his doctor it's his procedure, and it's actually against policy. is that correct?
3: uh yeah I mean the guy the person when they come in they're like awake, so yeah, there's no reason to contact anybody about it you know if they went and came in and had it done under anesthesia for example then they'll fill out a card ahead of time saying like when I'm done with the procedure who am I supposed to call you know for example they come get me and then you also check a box are you allowed to talk to them about the medical information you know right Uh, but uh but yeah I mean that's yeah it's just not our it's just not our not that I think there's like
0: probably a ton of guys doing this in secret but there's probably a few of them or at least maybe somebody that had thought about, it. I, it's not my place to judge. But yeah, I
1: mean, when I was dating, I had, uh, you know, I, I mean, I had a house and, and a daughter and I was a single dad and I was doing all that stuff. And uh, I had a, a couple of people that, you know, tried to surprise, I think I'm pregnant. I think it's yours. And I was like, huh, that's funny. I've had a vasectomy for 10 years. You're a whore. Get away from me.
3: That
2: was a good sign for that. Yeah, Yeah, right.
1: Right.
3: This is the great thing about a vasectomy, though. I mean, it is like in that way, it's empowering for you, right? Like, so many guys think of a vasectomy as something that's like put upon them. And it's like, in your experience, that allowed you to be active with multiple partners without the fear of impregnating somebody. Like, that was your control. You know what I mean? Like, that's huge. Exactly. I mean, that's an empowering thing to have that option if you want to have it, you know? I'm
0: pretty sure you took a lot of antibiotics early on.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. When I was in college, it wasn't cute. I, I was a Petri dish in college. But, you know, it's when I was, of course, I was an adult with a, a daughter at this point. So I was actually safe and I actually used a condom with that person and she tried that bullshit anyway. But uh, so, Mo, I got I to gotta ask, and I'm sure this happens because you seem like a really approachable guy. Uh, do your friends or you know people just walk up to you and ask you questions about dicks and balls and all the things that you know? It's so yeah. That's a good question.
2: Yeah, because literally on our one hundredth episode, we um we made a segment out of the fact that my friend Tyson, he said I could say his first name not his last, uh, <laughs> had been texting me pictures of his bruised up testicles post vasectomy all week, and I was like, dude, stop sending me these. I don't want to see these. And he's like show to your wife just a little a i'm like we just got married i don't want to show her another dude's balls like right now <laughs> and i was like all right dude if you're gonna keep sending me these i'm gonna put these on our website and i'm gonna talk on the podcast And we literally have them on our website right now the full release the there's one pornographic image and it's tyson's bruised and battered uh ball sack and then we had ashley kind of like go through it on our podcast oh but, my god yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to make a habit of that. I definitely am not comfortable. I don't like seeing my friend's balls up close uh, or even for, far away. I should be clear about that. It was just like, this is not, I don't want this to be like a regular thing of guys being like, hey, but they do ask me that. They'll be like, can you ask your wife? If I'm like, I mean.
1: Right. If, if he's tell, like, I'll tell
2: you I'm going to ask.
1: <laughs> is my cum supposed to be green? Can you ask your wife? No, right, I'm not fucking right, asking right. my
2: wife. <laughs> Kermit. I'm very, very comfortable. Very comfortable with that.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, Speaking it, of, go bru- ahead.
1: Bruised balls. Ugh.
0: Well, I mean, it's normal, right? After that kind of procedure. I don't procedure. know. I couldn't see I that. don't know, no, but no, I'm Bruce. totally going to go to the website and look now because I missed that.
2: Take a look. Here's what we said on the website that his balls look like Gonzo's nose from Sesame Street. Oh, oh, shit. God, dude. It does not
3: look like Gonzo's nose.
2: I, I think it does. Weigh in on the website. All right. I see Gonzo's nose. I, I
3: will send you... you. I think- I see post-procedural scrotums all the time. You know what I mean, like after vasectomies, after other ball surgeries, and like his balls just looked so fine to me. I was like, "Oh, that looks wonderful. That looks great." That's- and most like, "Oh my god, this is intolerable. I cannot handle this." Oh, this <laughs> is
2: also rare to see. Just like, just you know, the problem is a cell phone is like it's when you when you open up your cell phone, there's just like, "Oh my god, another picture of his balls." Like it's just like it's, it's jarring, you know, they're, and they're very. <laughs> they're, they're, they're quite visceral looking,
3: but you know, it's kind of funny though, because I, on the other hand, you know, with the textbooks I have and the articles I read, you know, like you'll just see photos of, of pieces of body parts all the time. You know what I mean? Like, sure. sure. Yeah. When yeah. When Mo and I were flying to see each other every time, you know, and he was in LA and I was here in Portland, you know, I'd be on the plane, you know, reading the journal of sexual medicine, which is my favorite journal. And I'm on the plane and there's just photos of penises in there and I'm holding it on a plane. And I'm like, I don't care. This is like, I'm a professional. This is not, it's not
0: pornography.
3: It's not not pornography. It is health. And you know, people, you know, can, can.
2: And if your baby's going to, if your baby's going to be crying on this flight, I'm going to hold up this magazine full of bent dicks in front of him. Yes. That's the rule.
3: I've never been like sitting right next to a seven year old and done it. But like if you're sitting there next to an adult person and they can't handle you looking at a mat, you know, a, a medical journal, just because it has like, you know, below the belt body parts, you know, then what kind of, uh, you know, we just need to normalize these things. Like, what yeah. kind
0: of to Utah is this? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Either you have one or you've seen one, get over it.
3: Well, and yeah. that's
1: actually what casual swingers is all about is normalizing some of these things Heck and yeah. undoing some of the fuckery that, you know, happens with our puritanical tendencies.
0: Yeah, man. Speaking of normalizing, can I talk about how much I love balls? I think they're absolutely amazing. You know, obviously I don't have any and I just find them to be very attractive. And I have questions since I don't have them. Like I notice when we don't have sex for a few days or something that like if I go to touch Mickey's balls, like they feel a little heavier, but I wonder if that's like psychosomatic like they look a little bigger they feel a little heavier like is that is that a real thing or am i just making that up in my head
3: i don't think you're necessarily making it up i think probably they're hanging lower but that's probably a muscle thing more like oh okay than a volume in the balls thing so for example right when you're sexually aroused or you have um or in the process of sex um you're there's a muscle that the testicle hangs on it's called a cremaster muscle and that will tense up and it will bring your balls up towards your body. Um, so it's, it's possible that if you, you know, haven't been recently aroused or near the arousal state that your balls are just like hanging lower. I mean, okay. I can't can say offhand, but, but.
0: <laughs> Cause like guys, other guys I've been with or dated before would be like, Oh, they feel so heavy. Like I have blue balls. I need to get off. And I mean, obviously we know they don't turn blue, but. Are blue balls
1: a thing? Is that a thing? Like do blue <laughs> balls happen? No. <laughs> she it's just so looked like, at me like I was insane. You're, you're an idiot.
0: I She's can't like, believe you. You're the you dumbest asked fucking that. person I've ever talked to. No, but what's the mechanism that that makes it feel like like almost painful, right? Is that a good way to describe it, Mickey? Like is it painful like to yeah. a point? Well, it's it's like, just it's I very
1: uncomfortable. It's like it's like sitting on a tennis ball. To
3: not come. Yeah,
1: exactly. When you're aroused and you're not you don't have any way of releasing it. For example, you know, you're on a plane. On a <laughs> <laughs> Right. Very stressful situations. It's weird. I've heard certain guys say that, but I don't feel like blue balls is across the board at all. I like
2: the amount of times that's happened to me, maybe like one or two times I could think of in my life. And based on my high school years, there was a lot of not coming going on and not sex going on. <laughs> but that, um, that's so funny. how Like there's one of those things that guys just learn about right away. I mean. And that's
1: just like one of their go-to things that they talk okay. about. before I'm sure Almost any of them have experienced it. Yeah. It, it's terrible, is what it is, but that's all right. Now, you know, before we we get you guys out of here, and, and we're, I think I think every episode this season we run long, and we're good with it at this point, especially when we have somebody that's a lot of fun on, like you guys are. So we want to ask because this episode is called the Snip, mm. you know. And the other snip happens usually before any of us are cognizant of what's going on around us. And we certainly can't tell somebody not to cut the end of our dick off, but they do it anyway. So how common is circumcision in adult males in America today? And do you get patients that are asking to have it done as an adult because of embarrassment or social issues? Because I think, you know, in the swinging lifestyle, there there are some guys that are a little concerned about whipping out, you know, the hooded warrior so. Is that something you guys run into in your line of work?
3: Yeah, definitely. So, the it, it definitely is becoming less common circum- to be circumcised as a as an infant. Uh, you know, if you look at like our parents' generation, I'd say, you know, when I have guys coming in right who are 70s or so, I mean, almost every person is circumcised, uh, or at least of people who are born in the U.S. Uh, so, generally, generationally, that was definitely across the board, kind of something that was done. Uh, I think you see more younger people coming in not circumcised and more parents nowadays deciding not to circumcise their children. Um, you know, in terms of people coming in and doing it as adults, it's it's not infrequent. Uh, and there's a number of reasons. So, on occasion, it's somebody coming in who, you know, they're in a relationship and they feel, you know, self-conscious about the, you know, appearance of the penis. but most of the time when i have an adult who i'm circumcising it's because they're actually having problems with the foreskin so you can get something called balanitis which is you know inflammation of the foreskin or even infections like fungal infections Mm -hmm. and they've tried lots of different medications and and ointments and it's not going away and you know it's somebody who for the first 30 years of their life they were able to pull the foreskin all the way back and now they can't and every time they try to it's like bleeding and painful and, you know, that just sucks. Right. So, and they can't have sex because it starts bleeding and it's painful every time there's any traction on it, whatever. So, so those people will oftentimes want a circumcision and it's a very, you know, obviously positive choice if, if other treatments have failed. Uh, so then we just do it. And, uh, you know, I mean, we do it, we give them anesthesia. Some, some urologists do that in the office, but I don't, uh, on adults. Um, and you know i i don't think it's too big of a deal Uh, you know i think there's a lot of um there's a lot of controversy there's a lot of people who like to be very controversial about circumcision you know i think that's whatever that's that's a whole area that i don't i don't dabble in i just let those people fight about themselves uh you know (laughs) yeah, that's I'm not
2: a right. sure thing you go off on people about that, like in casual conversation. Really. Yeah,
3: in casual conversations. Like, you and know, that become but, very
2: uh, not casual.
3: Yeah, but not, <laughs> not, like, that's, not, that's not public. Sure. Okay. You know? like, okay. Like parents, yeah, I mean, like people getting upset that their parents circumcised them and they didn't have a decision about that. That's not, I, I don't know. It's not my place to... To say whether or not they should be upset about that's that. fair enough but like none sure. net of it
0: is there's not, like it's not like unsafe to have an uncircumcised dick just like it's not necessarily unsafe to get circumcised
3: so there are there are certain health benefits from being circumcised right so for example the risk of if you're if you're circumcised as an infant not as an adult but if you're circumcised as an infant the risk of peanut cancer basically becomes almost nothing Uh, the vast majority of penile cancer in the world is in men who have not been circumcised in infancy. Uh, it it can happen, but almost never. That said, penile cancer is super rare, right? But when it does happen, it sucks. Uh, it's like really bad, really bad cancer to have. Um, I'm thinking that's the
1: worst one I can think of.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, (laughs) having a a penectomy is a really,
1: really- I don't even like hearing that. I don't Um. have
3: one and I just cringe yeah i've done
0: them
1: before <laughs> oh god oh. my in yes, my dick's in any for the rest save of the, the night
3: The
0: penises god save the
3: penises yes, they do that it's called a perineal urethrostomy, where you basically have to cut off the penis and then you reroute the urethra so you pee behind your scrotum that's like if you have a penile cancer that's what you can have have to have done yeah
1: wow yeah. I, Mallory's I, I, face is fucking priceless right I hope now. Oh, you guys
0: didn't have a swinging party planned for tonight.
1: Huh?
0: No, no. no, no, no. Tonight's our night off.
1: Mickey's going to be rocking a gummy worm tonight, <laughs> folks. It's, it's not getting hard.
0: I'm going to pu- hug your
3: penis so hard tonight. Like, oh, I'm just going to hug it. A mouth hug. I it's love my it. favorite hug. Please don't leave me. Mo, Mo gives me shit deadly because he's like, sometimes you just go and you definitely know that you can just terrify people. And you can say crazy shit, especially loud in a restaurant. So... <laughs>
1: Did you know that you could piss out from behind your scrotum with the right?
3: What? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll pick the meatballs. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the waitress is just there, like, absolutely horrified. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, when you cut off a penis, you just pee behind your scrotum. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. I
3: love it. It's, you know,
1: there was one question about vasectomy that, you know, our listeners, that we told a few listeners we were going to be having this conversation, and the one that they had more than any other was about how effective vasectomy is at preventing pregnancy. Is it foolproof?
3: So it's not foolproof. Um, you, you, one of that's one of the reasons why after your vasectomy, you should continue to use contraception until you have given your sample and it shows that there's no sperm in it, right? A full so cut other, though,
1: completely all the way to the top.
3: Not, the, not the full cut. Just one splash. <laughs> that's enough. Uh, but that is a big deal. And this is one of the things I always also say, like, if you go out of there and, you know, get somebody pregnant before you checked, I'm like, I'm not paying the birth control. That's what I joke around with. But, uh, that is un- unintended pregnancy after vasectomy is one. I think the main reason urologists get sued for things. Um, oh. so yeah, yeah. And then, and then it can, like you were mentioning all kind of, you, you were very familiar with the complications from vasectomy. So recanalization is something that can happen, um, where basically the two ends stick back together. Uh, it's not common, um, but it can happen, and and that's why again you just have to make sure that you wait that time. We say three months and forty ejaculations, um, and make sure that it's you know shows that you're sterile before you do it. But but and there are some guys who do it and they it's not they're not sterile, and then they have to have it like revised or done again. Um, but uh okay. but yeah once you've been documented to be sterile like the chance five years later of you somehow having sperm in there is like extremely rare i was I mean, gonna say that's probably like one in a million
0: or something, i was gonna but. say there's there's probably seven or eight digits in there that factor into to that one person that m- it may happen to
3: yeah yeah so the main risk is afterwards before you check or if it never like if it never really yeah. Like if it's right away. You know what I mean? Like if it never yeah. really it sterile in the first place. But you can check that. So
0: right on. Yeah. So before we bring this to a close and let you guys go, Mo, knowing all of these things and hearing these conversations, do you, I mean, do you feel inspired to get a vasectomy at some point in your life or no, you're like horrified? No,
2: absolutely not. <laughs> and I haven't wanted to. And doing this podcast only increased me not wanting to. And <laughs> I absolutely don't want to. He's
3: a hyper- React,
2: no, I'm definitely uh, not. It doesn't sound, I mean, we don't have kids yet, and we want to have kids, so I think I got some time, but no, I mean, like, it, it, it's even though I know from what she's told me, it's super safe and you're way safer getting a sex me than you are driving on the LA freeway. It just still, there's like an instinctual, just like, mm, no, no. Now, I understand why you got it at that age because you went through something probably more traumatic, so you're like, let me make sure that doesn't happen, but no, kids it's still- are- yeah. knives near my dick I don't want to happen yeah kids yeah. are definitely traumatic <laughs>
3: like we don't walk in with like a set of like I'm assuming you do guys. it you look
2: like Dexter you have like 75 different blades you pull out that's what I'm assuming that yeah
1: I'd, I'd rather have sex with live sharks angry ones than ever be anywhere near that woman and impregnate her again but uh, I still you know I, I'm happy I did it I'm, it certainly saved me from a lot of, of trouble and, and tribulations over the last you know years but i you know i wonder i mean do do you ever get like swingers in your practice or or people that are not monogamous that are consensually non-monogamous and want to get it done so they can have more fun
3: i probably have those people haven't Told me that's why. Oh,
1: come on, loud and proud, boys. You got to do it. Yeah, we did it. We did have
2: a swinger couple on our podcast, one of our earlier episodes. You can find it called Meet the Swingers, and their claim to fame was that they once together fucked Ron Jeremy. And I wonder, given the lawsuits that have just came out, if they're still using that as a bragging card.
1: It <laughs> may not go so well for him, though.
0: <laughs> I don't, and you know what, though? I don't know if it's as rare as people think it is. Cause it's it not. Is from sure it's not rare at all. <laughs> it's not.
1: I think he's been with like 90,000 people. And at oh, that yeah. point, you're like, yeah, I got run over on the freeway. It... <laughs> so,
0: fun story. Um, I, what, he was there in Jamaica. That was yeah. him, wasn't it? People were talking about his porn trick. And I was like, hey, my husband has a trick. He can he can make his balls dance. And I'm trying to convince my husband to go show Ron Jeremy his dancing balls. It didn't work out. I was really disappointed. But, like, just having the image in my head makes me happy.
1: Yeah, well, his trick is cooler. He can come on command.
3: You can, like, have one go up, the other go up. The yeah. One go up. Like, you can do the.
1: Wow, well, you got, like, Charlie Chaplin nuts. Yes. Yeah,
3: yeah they That's dance. Pretty
1: That's pretty good. That's...
2: That's good. I don't
3: know, I don't know what Mo cannot control it is. That's a. Swing your party trick right yeah, there. Yeah, it's my
1: party trick. She, Whenever we're naked with around people, they're like, here, do the trick. I have to whip out my junk and make my balls dance to the music. I can't dance, but my balls can.
3: Uh, you know, it is this funny thing because people think that because of what I do, I must be this, like, hypersexual person. Uh, or people ask me, Mo, like, yeah. And, and from my standpoint, it's kind of like, you know, when I think of people with their pants off, it's kind of like work, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it can be work anyways.
2: <laughs> let's just that's be honest a, there I mean, like, you know, that gives you fresh we have a very good sex life i don't and you never life. try to charge me for it after.
3: we have a good sex life but it's also you know you're like like it's just. i don't think it makes like like people aren't urologists because they're hypersexual they're just like doctors and that's you know whatever it's like
2: <laughs> it's not like if you were at a swingers party you'd be going around and being like checking everyone's prostates unless it was like
1: part of the enjoyment factor
3: yeah well that could be like a whole role you know like yeah, giving everybody their prostate massage.
1: Yep. But. The actual shocker, folks.
3: Yeah,
0: I'm in. I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Nice.
3: Oh, I'm just
0: making it weird now.
3: Yeah, no. you, you can play the sexy urologist at your next party. Oh, <laughs>
0: actually, I have a surprise for you, but you're gonna have to wait till November. Oh no! For um, we have a. Trip coming I'm already going to be Hedon- in a skirt. We go to hedonism 2 in Jamaica, and I have a specific theme night outfit that I think you will appreciate. We'll send you pictures from Jamaica.
2: Wait, it's a clothing show resort, and you're excited about the outfit you're going to show?
0: Yes, Theon I know. Nights. Ironic, right?
3: I want a resort where you have to wear only shirts, so that shirt talk the whole time.
0: <laughs> uh, very warm nipples and a very cool bum. So, what's up next for the full release? You guys have any plans for uh, the show? Anything we should know about?
2: Yeah, we got some great guests coming on. We've got Josh Wolf, uh, Kelsey Cook from the Self-Helpless podcast, my friend Chris Franjola, who's a friend of mine from doing Chelsea Lately, and he's on Juicy Scoop uh, all the time. And so we have some fun guests. And then uh, we actually today are in the process of like building our new stage, or really our first set, because we've been just shooting in front of the wall. But we cleared out a room, we're building a uh, you know, set, and we've got this YouTube channel. That we were like now filming all the episodes. So, if you go to the full release on YouTube, you can see us. Uh, our 100th episode, we were in our wedding outfits, which is exciting. You can see, out Ashley in her gorgeous dress and me in my
1: suit.
0: You guys looked amazing, <laughs> stunning, yeah. both of you.
1: And look at these guys figuring out a use for the wedding dress a second time. Yes. No one ever wears that fucker again.
3: Dude, that sure was the most expensive piece of clothes I'll ever own. I mean, it is,
0: a lot, right? You know?
3: This whole thing that it's only for your wedding day, I'm going to wear that all the time. I'm going <laughs> to... I mean, I probably, like, I cannot fit in it if I weigh one more pound than I currently do, but, you know, it doesn't oh my One God. more COVID if,
1: pound, that's yeah. all it's going to take.
3: Uh, but, Mo, what, what was your other friend who did the sound from the... Uh,
2: oh yeah this is cool so i just shot this little special for the discovery channel that i hosted and it was like going around to these different small towns in america and i met this guy who was the sound dude on it, this guy named jack who actually is from florida he's from uh pensacola and he is the sound guy on naked and afraid
0: oh so shit. I'm trying to figure out
2: how to sound those people up and he's going to come on the podcast in a few weeks from location but an undisclosed location because he can't tell me uh where it is and he's going to actually uh while he's quarantining in the hotel,
1: he's going to call into the podcast and chat about it. I love it. Tell him he's a liar because Pensacola is not in Florida. That's South Alabama. Okay. (laughs) I will will make him known.
2: He loves Pensacola. I've never heard anyone say anything bad or good about Pensacola. He's a big Pensacola fan.
1: Well, why don't you guys let everybody know where they can find you, your website, your contact information. If they can't get enough of Ashley and Mo, how do they find your show?
2: Yeah. Go to um, the full full release. release. And that's on iTunes and all the podcast apps, full release on YouTube. And then the full release pod on Instagram uh, is what we do uh, all of our stuff on. And um, Ashley is a big Twitter star. She gets like a ton of retweets and stuff these days. So, babe, give them your Twitter info.
3: It's Ashley G. Winter. So, yeah. but And then also one of the main things about our podcast, uh, you know, like you were saying HIPAA, so you can't, you know, I'm not going to talk about my work situation so what we do is have people you know contact us specifically to have us talk about their questions on the podcast so the best ways to do that are to email us questions at the full release pod right at gmail.com yeah the full
2: release pod at gmail.com
3: and then we have a phone number so you can leave us a voicemail with your question which we love also to have and that's uh 213-631-3460 or again, that's two one three six three one three four six zero, and definitely send us your questions. We would love to answer them. Uh, you know, talk about your concerns. We will keep it, you know, totally confidential. And uh, we also love it when people, you know, ask us fake questions. Uh, so yeah, we, we have, have a to-
2: segment called Real Answers to Fake Questions. So if you have any completely bizarre, ridiculous question that you want to hear a doctor weigh in on um whether it's getting stds in narnia or anything you want to discuss like somebody
3: called in with a penis that just wouldn't stop growing and it was like 30 feet long and he was asking what to do with it and so, you know, I try in my most scientific and dry manner to answer their fake questions. So people can just send those in
2: too. Yeah. Also, if anyone likes stand-up, if you go to MoMandel.com, you can see where I'm, you know, performing around uh, my, my dates post-virus uh, pandemic started in
1: 2021. I'll be back on the road. So uh, if, you're br- if your road brings you to Orlando, you got to let us know. I've done the
2: improv down there. I had a great time. Oh,
1: we'll be there with Bell's on. Heck she yeah. might even wear a shirt and nothing I- else. <laughs>
3: Love it. It's It's old stand-up at the sex club
2: in town here. Oh, yeah, I have. There's a sex club in Portland that uh, they do yeah. a
1: show at and
2: I have performed right before the uh, the sex started. That's
1: fucking
0: awesome.
3: Excellent.
1: All right, and before we let you go, guys, there was a tweet that went viral recently about scrotums, Ashley. You want to tell everybody what that tweet was? Oh, it was
3: that the scrotum is very forgiving. That was... That's it. yes. That was, yeah. That was, I think that's the best tweet I ever had. Everybody loved it. Yeah, uh, the scrotum is it. very forgiving. Uh, but, you know, that was also one of those tweets that, like, the responses to it w- was the joy in it, you know, like all these people were being like, but does it forget, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then the all comments, this shit, you know, like yeah. It, so it blew up, and it was like thousands of retweets, and people just say crazy shit, and it was like that was a good time. Oh, that. that
0: that was hours of entertainment that I am so happy I invested in. It was, yeah. it was good. That's something.
1: Well, guys, thank you for hanging out with us for a long episode of Casual Swinger. This is pretty much our longest episode ever, which means we had fun talking to you. And it's because you guys are great. You guys have a great dynamic, and we love listening to your show. You can yeah. count us among your wet spots. Thank Aww. you. Thank you very much. Well,
2: thanks for having us, guys. We're going to have to have you guys on soon.
1: Uh, We can't wait. We're looking forward to it. Mallory, you want to tell our listeners where the hell to find us if they don't fucking know already?
0: Hell yes. We are Casual Swinger everywhere. That's CasualSwinger.com. And if you want to send us a message, please reach out to podcast at Casual Swinger. Look for us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And you love us, want to date us? Find us on Cassidy, SLS, SDC, and Double Date and Quiver.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a long episode, but it's been a fun one with comedian Mo Mendel and urologist Dr. Ashley Winter. We had a great time with these guys. and We hope you did, too. Join us again in a couple of weeks for another episode. You've been listening to Casual Swinger.